Welcome to StoryPrint, a podcast created from the belief that everyone has a life story that is as unique to them as their fingerprint. And just like their fingerprint, your life story identifies and clarifies who you are. Today's podcast is going to be a little different for a few reasons. First, the conversation you'll hear is with my 94-year-old grandmother-in-law. She is my wife's granny, as she is affectionately known. It's a typical conversation you might have with any 94-year-old. She is soft-spoken, loses her train of thought a few times, and rarely answers the question directly. My mother-in-law says having a conversation with her is a little bit like chasing rabbits. Just when you think you've got her, she's off in a completely different direction. But if you are willing to give it a shot and listen as long as you can, you will hear some great stories, some great wisdom, and some poignant thoughts from a lady who's lived almost a century. You'll hear her tell about stories what it was like growing up poor, how she almost died a couple of times as a child, how she still harbors some bitterness from a divorce decades ago, and how she has used music throughout her life to feed her soul. Granny remembers her parents and siblings fondly. She speaks of her children and grandchildren proudly, and she laughs as often as she can. I hope you will enjoy my conversation with Joanne Beach on the StoryPrint podcast. Here we are recording uh, live from top of the mountain in Pikeville, Tennessee, just down the road from Fall Creek Falls State Park. I am uh, speaking with today, uh, have the pleasure and honor of speaking with my wife's grandmother. Joanne Beach is her name. Um, she has uh, lived a, an awesome life that we're going to talk about some today. I know she's got some, some great stories to tell, so I'm, I'm interested to hear some of those, and I know everyone that's going to listen to this is going to get a kick out of some of the stories she tells. I will say we're outside on her back porch, which is pretty cool. It's, uh, it's a beautiful, sunshiny day, so you're going to get a lot of ambient uh, birds and crickets and cars passing by noise. So um, anyway, let's just let's just jump in. First of all, I want to say, Granny, thanks for... Thanks for giving me a, a little bit of time today, and uh, thanks for sharing some of your stories. Um, let's just start off and say, when when, and where were you born? Um, just the year, maybe, and, and the, the area you were born in? Well, it, it was a, a Rocky River territory, territory back uh, up above the Drake Cemetery. Van Buren County. And, and up in that mountain. And it was like a dead end for us. We uh, lived there. Well, I had, I had, I was the fifth child. Joe and Maud Grove. And name was Joe and Mama's name was Anna Maud and I had got both of their names. I think I was petted, but I wasn't. I was just a hard working little girl in 
and I sung. I'd, I'd sing every night, and my dad would, would tell Mama to make me hush. Her singing, it would be some old song that my brother had taught me or whatever, my oldest brother. But I can say I've always sung old crazy songs and they got, because over here in the park, my sister was a cook over there at the end and and they was hunting someone that would sing old timey songs Streeters said, told them, said, well, all you have to do is get Joy in. She's, she's, uh, she knows all of them songs. She can sing all of them. And I used to go over there and we'd sing. I was her house and we would, we would sing the Cumberland Mountain song. How many siblings? How many siblings did you have in all? There were seven of us. Okay. I had seven brothers and three sisters. Okay. And what number were you in that? Five, number five. 
living. I'm the only one living. And I'm, I was 64, made the sixth this year. Anyway, we went, we was going to get us a walking stick like Grandpa Grove, a sarawood stick that that he knew that where they were some sarawoods and help. But I don't know how old I was, about four or five years old. I guess four. Anyway, we got, he cut the sticks and, and he brought them down to the chopping block where he cut uh, animals' heads off and all kinds. Because we sort of lived on, on game, like coons or rabbits. Or, and my dad was a fox hunter. But we never did eat a fox. Then, then we got down to, like I say, to the chopping block, and he said, "Where do you want yours cut at?" And I told him right there, and he cut my finger off. You can see the it was just hanging with the skin on the back of it there. You see, I can't bend that joint. And then uh, my dad. Just coming home, coming around to the end of the barn there, and he saw what had happened, and he grabbed my hand and held it and pushed it back up there, uh, put it put it with this other hand, with this other finger, and he told our Tom, my brother, to go up to the barn and get the save or in the crack of the barn, or uh, he had been doctoring the cow's tits with it. Because over there, it was bad for the locusts, lo locusts, to have big thorns on them, and the cows would, would, would cut, cut, Slashes in their bag, and and so they. So he went and got that. He thought Dad would kill him probably for cutting my finger off, and that he. But that that time, Mama came out with a with a diaper that she had ordered from Sears. That's where she bought, got everything, everything that she had. And she, and she stripped, made strips out of it, and he tied it, tied around it. And then he sat, put a, put a sock around my hand, and, and I had to hold it like this. Of your heart? I had to hold it like this for two weeks sleep with it like that and uh, and mama would say Joe you think we ought to look about look at it and he said no she ain't crying with it as long as I wasn't crying I was okay so I secured it like that for two weeks and
And then he unwrapped it and he said, gonna tie it up for two more, two more weeks. And so they did and when they unwrapped it the second time, it was like this. I can't bend that. I can't bend that knuckle butt. But it didn't it, it didn't bother my looks about my hand. Nothing. Have I have I have I snubbed there? Yeah, now it looks looks like nothing ever happened. Yeah. My and and things like that I was all the time getting into it. I remember one time my brother Bob had been he, he, a fox had been getting Mama's chickens and he had set a trap and he, he caught this fox by the leg and <coughs> and my dad was gone at that time and Mama, she was in the house of course, she didn't, didn't know that he cussed like he did but he was cussing that old fox all of us kids at Rita Martin and my always up there playing ball in the field there between the barn and the house and play baseball. And they, I've heard Rita life about this so much. He, he was cussing that fox and it would jump up in the air and we just got up on the gate on the old gate there and was watching him, watching him. And I just barely can remember this, but Rita told me more about it. She said, oh yeah, he said, he, he was really whipping that foxy. He whipped it and with that, that whip of his grandpa's with a, leather straps and all said he said he would hit it hit that fox and he 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 broke his eye out. He he, he knocked his eye out one time and he was cussing and saying ugly things to it and it was jumping and jumping. And finally it jumped and it broke its leg and got loose. And he cussed it, he said well, he said, you may, you may kill mama, you may catch mama's ends, but said, if you, if you do, you'll catch them with one eye and three legs. <laughs> so, so Rita thought that was the funniest thing she ever heard him say, but he, he thought that was all. But they were playing baseball, and at that time, I, I was at a stick, and and I was punching around in the pond, and when I did, I fell in. And I fell in at first, and Bob was coming to third, and he saw me, and he come down there, and he pulled me out. That's my oldest brother that got killed in Vietnam. He pulled me out, out of that pond, and said if it had been a minute later, it probably would have died, you know. But I was all the time getting into it. 
So your siblings, the, the, all of you together, what, what sort of things did you guys do just for fun? You guys just wanted to go out and goof off and have fun. What would you do together? Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, they were some grapevine swings. We would swing on them. And, and there was a, there was a cave there uh, in the side of the mountain there. And my boys would, my brothers would go back in there and they had, they had buttons, they got buttons and a lot of stuff out of that cave that the Indians had put back in there. Anyway, they were in an old trunk of my sister's and I don't know what whatever happened to the trunk. They used to be upstairs at home. But I, my grandpa Grove loved us kids. He loved us so much that when we, when we moved away from over there, he died. He, uh, he died on my sister's birthday, Edith's birthday. And Edith was named after mother's sister that died. And she's the only one that, that Grandma Drake had. Papa John married a Drake, Sophie Drake. And my sister Sophie was named after. You guys, growing up when you did and where you did, what sort of things were you all expected to do around the house? How were you expected to help out your mom and dad around the house? Well, a lot about working in the garden and working in the cornfield, chopping out corn. Is that where you learned how to garden and? developed your love for gardening? I, I, I loved it. I loved work in the dirt, I guess. That's and I didn't do much of that till we moved over here. Till we moved. In 1929, during the flood, we had a flood here, like they had in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. What was, well, I mean, I know 20s and 30s were a period of depression, I guess, Great yeah, Depression was. for the country. What, what was that like growing up during those times? Oh, it was hard. It was hard, let me tell you. I hadn't had my mother that knew how to cook every, everything. We, we had chickens over there, and of course, we, they brought them over here. We moved over here, couldn't do without the chickens. Because they laid eggs and we needed it during that time. Needed, needed a, a rooster killed every now and then. When we didn't have meat, the boys, we moved over here. The wagon was loaded with, my, my mother had made some straw ticks for us to sleep on and all of that had to be emptied and laid down flat and, and it was raining and we they put them all that all the stuff that needed needed to be took care of they put it 
they just turned the old tubs over. Or, and when we got to the top of the mountain, uh, Baker's Mountain, coming this way, my grandfather, my dad had went to Huntsville, Alabama, and he, with Uncle Harm at the time, and get a, try to get a job, because he knew that we needed some money. And he, we, but he did he wouldn't, he wouldn't have the job when he got down there. And come back home, he had a hard time getting back. And my grandpa Dewey's came and moved us. Moved us from, uh, we had a, a covered wagon full of stuff. But coming on down the hill, the wagon, uh, RV was holding me, and Mama had Bill up front on the wagon, and we was on on the back and she, she hollered, Mama did. Uh, for Artemisa to throw, put the brake on, uh, which was a stick to hold the back uh, stick that controls something that helped the back, the back. Anyway, coming down the hill, the wagon uh, hit, a, hit some rocks, and, and when she did that, when I tried to, uh, she dropped me and threw me in, in, in under the wheel, and my, the wheel hit a rock and just skipped my ear enough to hurt it enough the side of my head till it till it my ear bled and my grandpa Dewey's like he always kept two old western mares but he always kept one a dandy horse to ride old Charlie and when he got when we when he got when we got to his house, all of that stuff was unloaded and more more grass to put in those those mattresses that Mama had made for us to sleep on, cause there wasn't enough room in that house for for us to the the. The kitchen was built out, out away from the house, and it used to be somebody living in it, but at this time, there wasn't anyone living in it. They just made it into a big old kitchen and a dining room. So, uh, that's, that's where we ate, and we slept on those straw ticks. Of a night. How far? Uh, how far did you go in school? Did you uh, 
to what grade did you end up going to school? I I, I finished uh, junior year. Okay. I tell you, I had a hard time going to school. I, I, I really had a hard time at that time. Just because there was stuff to do around the house, or what, what was hard about it? Uh, well, Jim Taft was the principal, principal of schools at that time. And he, he said, he would tell me, he would tell Joanna, you're a big old girl and stout. You, you get down there and you help them cooks. Help, help Miss, uh, uh, I thought I wouldn't forget that name. I said she needs some help with the cornbread. They they served the best stew you have ever ate. Cause he had he had beef stew, big chunks of beef in that stew, and I had to help lift those big old old four by four cooking things in that hot oven for cornbread. Had to help mix it. I mixed the cornbread because. But it wasn't no self-rising back then. We had to use soda and, uh, and salt to make them, to stir it up. At the end of the day, I, I worked a cleaning because there was Bob and them uh, putting up the rocks in the front of the building, in the front of the building and they would make a mess and I had all that to clean before I could come home. I worked and, and uh, tell uh, the boss, which was my Uncle Arthur's brother, Uncle Arthur Boynton's brother, was the boss of the place. And anyway, he, he was coming from over there, over here, so I rode with him home. And when I got up here, I, up there, I had to walk from there on on home. And he'd say, I, I will take you. And I said, the road's so bad. I hated to ask him, you know. So I just pulled off my shoes and carried them and took off. And I running most of the time, run about all the way home. But then, that year, I missed Go to the bathroom outside, 
so I missed a lot that year too. Well, eventually, I know you um, got married and started having kids, four of them, Jan, which is my mother-in-law, and her three siblings. How did how did life change for you once you started having kids? Well, I, I, I got into a family. I was that had the least of anybody I ever saw that, that could make a living. My daddy, my daddy was a, a what is it? He was a truant officer and and something else about whiskey. He was that. He he worked with was Malloy, J. Logan Malloy from McMinnville in Nashville. He he worked out. I don't know if he got anything out of it or not, but anyway, he he worked. I know I, I know that I worried a minute of a night and couldn't sleep for thinking about it. Yeah, where where is my dad, you know? Because he was out hunting whiskey seals. Whiskey seals. And I've heard him say many of a time he wouldn't he wouldn't have them torn up. He wouldn't even call J, J. Logan Malloy if he if it wasn't for if, if they were making good whiskey, because it was good medicine. But he got his throat cut one night when he was having a pie supper or something at the school. And the school was a community center and a school all together. Hogs and pigs was, would be in under the floor, especially in the wintertime squealing or grunting or whatever, just making a noise. They were the wheelers, Uncle Wheeler, Uncle, Uncle Andy Wheeler's field there and those, and they and they run out. Do you remember any time uh, when your children got in trouble and you had to be the disciplinarian to them? Ann or Dee or Jan or Morty, any of them got, got in trouble any any way you had to step in and No, no. No, I never did. I really didn't. They were all pretty well behaved most of the time. Oh yeah. They enjoyed going to school, they enjoyed their playmates. Like at, at home. And when I was at home, those kids would come over to my house on Saturday and get their haircuts, the ones that needed. About every month, they would come and sit in the chair that uh, that my brothers down the line used to sit into it at the table, at the table by Mama, where she could feed them. I know you've lived up here on this mountain pretty much your whole life. What is it about this mountain or this area up here that you love so much? Well, I, I tell you what, I, I almost froze to death in houses because I didn't have a man that would cut, 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 my, cut my wood 
I didn't have a man that would care about us enough that he would even be gone at night. And I had that land can tell you that we meant her like the froze to death. We, we didn't have nothing but a few slabs out there that we could cut up and you know what a slab is. It's what they cut off of a tree, side of a tree. When anyway, he would bring a load of them. But my goodness, when you, when you take your axe and, and cut off, cut a piece off on one end, the other end was slappy most of the time. And then it, it was just so dry and everything. At that time, we would, it, when we'd carry it in, and it being cold outside, when it, was, when it got cold, we would, it would burn up before we got, you know, it would burn up before we could get outside and get some more that was wet. And we just, we, me and her, twice we liked to froze to death, really, truly. Hadn't been for the quilts that Mama gave me. She gave me six quilts, and, and uh, if it hadn't been for them, we would have been gone. We wouldn't have been here today. I know every time the whole family gets together and I tried to do some math before I came up here. I calculated, and you might know otherwise, four children, eight grandchildren, and 19 great-grandchildren. But I know just about every time we get together, some somebody in some way breaks out in song. Uh, oh, people, yeah. or people are singing together, or somebody grabs a guitar and starts playing, and everybody sings together. Was, was singing something you and the children did um, when when they were growing up? Oh, yeah. I sung all the time. I sung all the time. I just, like, I liked my, like my baby sister said, Joanne knows them all. And did you, like, were there particular songs you liked to sing to the, to the kids? Were the mountain songs or gospel songs or just whatever you had in your mind at the time? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Something that I'd heard my mama sing, or whatever, you know. And you still sing every year over here at Fall Creek Falls at the Mountaineer uh, Festival. 39 years. 39 years. Do you remember the first time you did it 39 years ago? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. We didn't have nothing to sit on, just sat, sit around. Most of the time they sat on the ground, but they they had a stool or two for Miss Cunningham and Miss Miss Johnson, and they even sent them to they even sent them to the fair in Knoxville, which was the world's fair at that time, I believe. Anyway, they sent them up there to sing. We're going to Knoxville. We're going to hear them sing. 
and I got near my Cadillac. We had a we had that old Cadillac there, and got down on the creek road. I thought I thought it was a a brown paper bag out in the road, but it was a a, a stone, a rock. And anyway, I hit that rock and knocked a hole in one of my. Uh, gas tanks. I had two gas tanks at the time. And, but I made it to Cookville and we we parked parked my car there. But my aunt parked her car and, and we drove that Cadillac to Knoxville. And we enjoyed the fair. But I never did hear them sing up there. Never did. Didn't know when it came on. I guess I missed it before we got there. The songs that you sing now at the Mountaineer Festival, are those songs you've just accumulated over time and some of your favorites? Yeah. You know, Dan's they, favorite was just a minute now, I think. I was going to say, sing it if you want to. Huh? Sing it if you want to. Uh, oh, woman, oh, woman, are you fond of quilting? Oh, woman, oh, woman. Are you fond of quilting? Speak a little louder, sir. I'm very hard of hearing. Speak a little louder, sir. I'm very hard of hearing. Oh, woman. Oh, woman. Could you darn my socks? Oh, woman. Oh, woman. Could you darn my socks? Speak a little louder, sir. I'm very hard of hearing. Speak a little louder, sir. I'm very hard of hearing. Oh woman, oh woman, could you patch my britches? Oh woman, oh woman, could you patch my britches? Speak a little louder, sir. I'm very hard of hearing. Speak a little louder, sir. I'm very hard of hearing. Oh woman, oh woman, would you like to court me? Oh woman, oh woman, would you like to court me? Speak a little louder, sir. I've just begun to hear you. Speak a little louder, sir. I've just begun to hear you. Oh woman, oh woman, would you marry me? Oh woman, oh woman, would you marry me? Lord, have mercy on my soul. I think that now I hear you. Lord, have mercy on my soul. I think that now I hear you. <laughs> that's great. That's one of my songs that Dean, he thought that's the funniest thing. I, I was singing both parts. I think most of my songs Sometimes I think they're men's songs or they're boys or whatever. Yeah. You know, you mentioned it earlier, and I think it's just part of the generation you grew up in that, where you just worked hard, you know, because you had to, because you didn't have much, because you lived on a farm or whatever. Yeah, we made, we made John Louise, which was my dad's, my, mom, my mama's dad, John Louise was. He, we made the molasses. 
we, we raise the cane and we we had to top it. We had to cut it and hold it in there. Me, me and my brother Bill were two old mare, were two old western mares pulling. That's Morty, ain't it? It looks like it might be. Yeah. That's his dad's truck. Okay. He, he had to buy that truck. He had to buy that truck from Robinson's and she wasn't even married to him at that time. I mean, they, my kids were screwed, blued, and tattooed, honey. You know, I'd be curious to hear your answer on this. If you if you were able to go back and talk to Joanne when you were 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, what advice would you give yourself back then? What do you think you've learned throughout your life that you would tell yourself as a younger person? Oh, I, I can't say that because I'm so proud of my kids, but they don't think so. They they think I'm so hard-headed. Anyway, I told them the other day I had neuropathy on my feet and legs, and I've got a turn, her, hernia on my side, and I think that's what been bothering me for the last three or four days. And got a, and I've got heart trouble, and, and according to the, my girls, I'm hard-headed. You know, I, I, as, as long as I've known you, which has only been, I guess, 16, 17 years, once Candace, my wife, and I started dating and we came up here, I don't know that I've ever heard you talk much about politics, but I did go back and look, and if you were born in 1924, does that sound right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Again, if my math and my history is correct, you've lived through 16 different presidents. Coolidge, Hoover, FDR, Truman, Eisenhower, JFK, Linda B. Johnson, Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Yeah. Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and now Donald Trump. Anything of, of all those presidents or anything stick out in your mind of something you may have yeah, thought I, about any of them? Yeah, I have told elections from the time that I was able to vote. Was vote. I have told election up here at New Martin School. And I voted Democrat until JFK. When John Kennedy, that was the last one I voted Democrat, and I voted Republican ever since. And I haven't regretted it either. And I can't say anything about, uh, you know, I should have done this and I should have done that. I, I've, I've got some good kids, and I, I, I know I've got some good kids, and I, I can't say this and that about them. <laughs> what do you, um, when you think back of your life, and it's been a good one, what are you most proud of, looking back on all your years and all the things you've done, and what are you most proud about? 
have thought really give that any thought. Life goes on no matter how hard it is, how, how hard you make it. Life goes on. So, so another womanizer. And he didn't care enough about me or his kids. He didn't care. He didn't care. Like, like the man said, when when it right to the end, he was cussing them all out. Right to the very end, I didn't have nothing to do with him. I didn't go to his funeral. But I, I, well, I went to his funeral, but I I didn't have no part in it. Said, he said he'd have lots of friends, and I wouldn't have any. He told me that. He said, and I don't want you to my funeral. I don't want you to shed a tear, and I didn't. Boy, I didn't shed the first tear. After he treated me like he did, See how I'm living today, tell you the truth. Well, I worked, I worked like a dog. I, I can show you some pictures in there where I made a garden and planted six rows of potatoes and healed them up myself. Then he'd come in here with a, with his cousins and brag about his his garden and his his potatoes, just stuff like that. David Oaks gave me a, a big old steel, what do you call that? Uh, hole that I could drive in the ground and make a hole to put my big sticks in, in a hole, but I'd have to use that heavy steel thing to lift and make the hole, but no, he, he didn't see nothing like that, he didn't, he didn't know what went on here, because he was with his girlfriend somewhere, so, you know, stuff like that, I got to where I laughed about it. Did a crime. Well, you were able to um, put the past in the past and move forward. Yeah. And I think you've got four great kids, and as I said earlier, grandkids and great grandkids that love coming up to the mountain here and spending time with you and listening to you sing. And well, I started off, you know, like uh, this. Started off with my Magalie teaching me the teaching me the baby on the baby Ray chart. She gave it to me, but uh, I didn't think I could ever learn the ABCs. And when I started started on them, I learned them backwards and forwards. I could say them backwards because good, good, forwards. Like 
W-A-Z-Y-W-B-U-T-S-R-U-P-O-N-M-L-K-J-I-G-F-E-D-C-B-A. Now, I can say them fast either way. And, and then after school, I would stay after school long enough to, to sweep the house. Clean, sweep the house, pick up everything about his pencil or whatever. Pencil meant something back then, you hardly could find, could find a pencil. I know T.G. stopped a boy one time and, and had a leg and blood was disappearing. And they, they stopped him with a knife and he said, well, he's got my pencil. He stole my pencil and I am to have it. And it was, it was down in his boot shop. When they found it, it was down in his boot shop. He put that pencil down. See? And they had to bind his leg up for him to go home. You know, as you think back again on the 94 years that you've had and hope you have several more but some of it's been good and some of it's been bad bad what are what are some lessons you think you've learned you know about life about you yourself about family and what are some things you'd want your children grandchildren great-grandchildren on down the line like what would you what would you want to tell them Try to be happy anyway. I think. Try to be happy. Think of funny things. I guess. I know I have I, over the years. I could say that they would. Dad, Dad had a a funny family. Got him a mule where he could play. And then they went over to the on 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 the creek over there. Whatever they caught, they went many a night down in under the big falls and bring out a load of, of fish for us to eat. If we hadn't, I don't know what we'd have done, start to death, you know, during, during the Depression. Anyway, one, one time they sent T.G. down there, getting there, said, we're ready to go. Said, go down there, where's Albert? And she said, oh, he's down there. He went, they went down there a little farther down, said, uh, on, the, on the creek, said, well, they said, go get him. Go tell him that we're going, going to leave. So he had, well, Uncle Everett drank a lot, so he, he, he was down there with his buddy. Think of his name right off, but it was a funny name anyway. He, he got down there, and and they had a fire built up, and was roasting, roasting uh, a possum, and and he said, "Well, he ain't gonna come back up there." He said, "He ain't gonna come." They're not going to come there. 
they're roasting a possum and they're growing straws for his brains. I thought that was funny. Throwing straws for the possum brains. Hmm. Something you wouldn't want to get the short straw on, I guess. And another thing I, I, I'd like to tell about. Have you got the time? I've got all the time in the world. Uh, we was all time. Bill and I was all time. Oh, we'd take our flips. We had flips. And we'd take our flips and we'd, we'd just go and try to kill every old lizard or anything, snake or whatever, with them flips. Just get us some good bait material to put on there to chew and pockets full of rocks or whatever. And we go to Uncle Rube Dewey's, which was my my which was John Dewey's brother. We I go up there many of a day and me and Vivian would dance. He had us had the one daughter for Aunt Barra, Aunt Barra and 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 me and her would dance we'd dance the ashes on the fireplace have the fireplace and it would just he would just chuckle, you know, he would just shake. He was so funny. And Aunt Byron, she was one of those old timers, really old timers, that didn't believe in dancing. And she come in there and she said, You ain't got these girls to dancing, have you? You you quit that. <laughs> so I, I hate I did, we didn't want that we didn't want her in there to tell him not to have let us dance. But there was a, a go-forth woman that lived below him, and Mama said, if you're all close by, you carry her in some wood, because, you know, she's club-footed and she can't do it. Now you, now you all listen to me. If you get close by her house, you run by and you be, carry her in some wood. So that's what we had to do. We went from there to Aunt Laura Boynton, which lived in the Griffith community. Uh, we, went, we went from there to, and we went to the field. We, we played with Aunt Magalese and Aunt Uncle John's kids first, and they was outside building frog houses or whatever in the sand. And then we went to a field and there were some mulberries, and I've never eaten any mulberries, but boy, they was the best tasting berry I ever ate. And we, we, Bill could throw them and knock them off and shake the limbs, and we would eat, we filled up on mulberries, and we got to eat Laura's. She was, she, they, she, he was, she was fixing dinner for the kids, putting it on the table. And so, then, and Bill got over behind the table, and J.B. was her oldest one. Now, Aunt Laura Morton was Mama's half-sister. Uh, J.B. was crying. Mama, I, I, I'm a wanting, I'm wanting a biscuit. You didn't make, you didn't make no, you didn't keep me no biscuit. Lord, she blessed him out, boy. Let me tell you, because it, 
She said, why did you put one in your pocket this morning if you wanted one? Boy, just first, she was a big mouth person, just, just really easy a mouth. And, and then Aunt Uncle Mother had been, was gone, and he brought back this, he, he brought back this uh, little goat. And then she blessed him out, she said, you know that I've not got a nipple for a bottle for that goat. She said, I'm not raising that goat. I'm not I'm not having anything to do with it. You just you just said, Give it to Billy there. I said, Your birthday's today. I said, Give it to Billy. So we had to carry that goat home. That mean carry it. He had a rope around his neck, but that didn't help any. And it's like five or six miles out there. Well, we got home with it, and of course, it wasn't eating no grass. It, it just wanted milk. So we had to give it our milk every night. We, we had every night, we'd have a glass of milk every night, all of us, and, but, but we'd have to give it our milk. Mine and Millie's. So, so we did. We, we fed it down there for a week. At that time, Dad had a job on the farm. He, he was building, he was building uh, a rail fence part ways around the park. Down through there by Rice's Cave and from the home, home place over here up to the knobs of the, up to the, up to the fire tower. That's where he was, where he'd been on the building. But the park only paid at that time a dollar a day. Well, that night, Mama said, Joanne set the table. Joanne set the table. I've got supper ready. And I never did set it because all at once the rope, the rope came off of the goat's head, came running right in there and jumped up on the eating table. And she said, Lord, if, if Joe finds, if Joe comes at this time and sees that goat, it'll kill it. Well, at that time, the park truck drove up and Dad got off. And there we was with the goat. It just got out. Turtle Angel, they lived at the foot of a little mountain down here, towards Highland. They, they had to go and leave him off. So they, and they had a bailiff guy up there close by too. So. That, lived, that worked on the park. I think he was sort of a boss or whatever. Anyway, he, he Terrell was out there and he said, whose goat is that to Dad? Dad said, mine. He said, what do you take for it? He, had, he spoke real fine. He said, Dad said a dollar. 
he'd only made a dollar that day, and Dad just pitched that goat right up in his arms, and it went off of the front with the truck. And Billy been bragging about all the way home. Well, he'd have a big goat farm some of these days. He's going to raise these goats, and he was going to really have a big goat farm. Oh, oh, that just killed it right there when he got that dollar. Dad gave him the dollar, and that was it. You know, when I came up here this afternoon, you mentioned, and you may have been somewhat joking, but you mentioned, you know, the past couple of days have been a little rough on you and you didn't know you were going to make it. You know, at, at 94 years old, have you given any thought to the afterlife or what might happen next? Or have you given any thought to that? Or are you just happy to be where you are today? It's me. I almost died three times because they was giving me the wrong kind of medicine over here in this place where I was staying at Life Care. And I almost died. Yeah, that was close to death if I've ever been. It was awful. I'd like to live another year or two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hard-headed, but... We all are a little hard-headed, <laughs> whether we like to admit it or not. <laughs> well, I, um, I appreciate your time, and I, I've loved hearing your stories. And um, as I've mentioned on this recording earlier, you know, you've got a great family, and um, there's a lot of love in this family see it when we all get together people enjoy spending time with each other and they like singing and playing music together playing card games together um, and just telling stories I think you've, you've told some great stories here and I think your ability to tell a good story has been passed down um, you know, to, to Morty and Ann and Dee and Jan and, and their kids and there's never a time that we're not all together where somebody's not telling a pretty funny story. And I think that gets back to a little bit what you said earlier. Is you just gotta, life can be hard sometimes and life can be bad sometimes, but you just gotta have fun living it. Yeah. I, I, I've got some nice things that my mother-in-law would write to me how she was so proud to have me for our daughter-in-law. And Mr. Beach, he, he was a fine person. He, he went, he told me this, he said, I've, I've quit running after women. And I've quit drinking. And I've quit cursing. And I've been baptized now. I'm going to spend most of my time leading a singing out here at Mount Della. And I thought, boy, that, boy, that is the finest thing for 
him to say that to me, you know, tell me that. I bet he, did, he probably didn't tell nobody else that. That he quit drinking, drinking, quit running after women was one thing. Well, again, I, 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 I've enjoyed this conversation. I've enjoyed this weather out here on your back porch. This weather's incredible. This, it was just fine, wasn't it? It was, it was good. I sat out here and put my feet up here. That please, I want to use my feet out swollen. This is the first recording I've done outside, so I hope I hope it comes out well and the wind's not blowing too hard on the microphones. Uh -huh. I've heard a lot of birds and, and animals and trucks and everything go by. So uh, anyway, it's it's been fun to do this, and um, who knows? Maybe I'll come up here again sometime and we can we can talk some more and tell some more stories. I'm. I'm I know you've got a lot of stories in there, so it'd be great. Well, I'll um, I'll go ahead and stop the recording now, and we can chat a little bit longer. But again, I, it's been fun, and I hope we can hope we can do it again sometime. Well, if you're listening to this, it means you made it to the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation we had, uh, and even if you didn't know some of the people she talked about, some of the names, um, I hope the stories were still entertaining. I know the audio cut in and out a few times uh, because of the weather and the wind. Um, but again, thanks for thanks for sticking through it and making it to the end. I really appreciate you listening. I would love any feedback you might have on this podcast or any of the others. Uh, if you know somebody that might be interested in this type of storytelling, please feel free to share the podcast with them. And uh, feel free to share your thoughts, feedback, suggestions with me at any time uh, at storyprintpodcast at gmail.com if you or anybody else you know might be interested in sponsoring this podcast please feel free to reach out to me as well and there will be another podcast available each Monday so check back as often as you can and I hope you will continue to listen and continue to enjoy the show thanks so much <laughs>